What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another new episode of Behind the Scene Podcast. We are your favorite NCOs, nerd culture observers. I'm your co-host for this episode, Dion Donovan. I write and create my own comic books. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Title Page Comics. And this is my co-host. Yes, this is Uncle Jack 328. Follow me on Twitter at Uncle Jack 328. First name Colby. Last name Jackson. This is the Behind the Scene Podcast, streaming on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, more platforms to come. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, share, all that good stuff. Three drink minimum on this episode of Behind the Scene today. Damn Let's right. get it. Let's get it. Keep them heads rolling. So we are a few weeks removed from the debut of the Marvel's Eternals film. Kevin Feige's most interesting and different entry into the MCU mythos. Um, me and you checked it out a couple weeks ago in the theaters. And, yes, uh, you know, the internet has their way of thinking. Very, very mixed perception. Very mixed thoughts about it from everybody. Um, so, I gotta know, man. I mean, we both did our videos about how the world was not ready for the MCU to break the formula, and mm-hmm. it looks like we were right. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like we call that straight down the middle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, so with that, man, you know, we already told our expectations heading into this. Uh, you know, I'll just start off, as you left the theater, what was kind of like your, the thoughts that first hit you? Oh, man, as I left the theater. As, as you left. What I was thinking was, I really wish that at the end of the credits, it didn't say what I knew it was going to say. The three words that I knew it was going to say. I wish that it did not say, Eternals will return. Yep. I really wish that it didn't say that because it kind of discounts. Oh, man, fuck it. It kind of discounts what I think the intended goal was for branching out and breaking away from the normal MCU formula. Mm. If this movie was just a one-off, we get introduced to these characters, we know what it is that's going on with them, we tell a story that's self-contained to what's going on with them, and then we get back to regular scheduled programming it'd be an easier kind of meal to digest because at the minimum you could at least have something to come back to in the form of replay value. Like, okay, well, you know, this actor right here put everything into it. I guess the fact that I know now that the Eternals are going to come back makes it feel like, they didn't put the maximum effort into this to really change and redefine what a superhero movie is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Now, that might be me being a victim of my own expectations. And if it is, I'm willing to accept that. But I just feel like this was the opportunity for them to put something up on the scoreboard that's different from everything that came before it different from everything in the genre, you know what I'm saying? To go up there next to movies kind of like A Dark Knight. Not that I'm comparing it to these type movies because it's a different type of 
overall story, but to be up there next to a movie like a Watchmen or a Spider-Man 2 or even a Spider-Verse, you know what I'm saying? If this was a one-off and we went into it knowing that it was a one-off, we'd be able to appreciate some of the finer technical points that went into it as opposed to, well, I'm glad this is over. I'm glad this is over because I I think they're going to do better the next time or, you know, damn, they're really going to do this again? Now I'm going to take a pass on that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, it's right. clear It's clear that this is a movie that was made because Marvel Studios was taking a victory lap. I'm, excuse me, I'm not going to deny that. But there's a part of me that just kind of feels like the ideas and what the intended goal was for this movie was sidelined for the prospect of crossover appeal and turning the Eternals into a brand name household type of property, which is okay because they're going to make a lot of money. But when you go to Walmart or you go to Target or you whatever, these kids ain't going for Halloween dressed up as any of the Eternals. Nobody's going to buy their kids an Eternals action figure. Nobody's <laughs> doing any of that. So right. we had the opportunity here to make a good to very good to possibly great movie in the superhero genre. And I think some of that got sidelined by, you know, I don't know if it was fear, apprehension, whatever, but some of that got sidelined by, well, this is a movie connected to the MCU, so we got to kind of do the breadcrumb thing to try to lead into something bigger than this. And it doesn't have to always be that way. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. It wasn't a home run, but it was a single that got them on base. They're on first base right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Right. Shang-Chi might have been a ground rule double that was almost a home run. This here is a single, a ground ball single that gets you on first base. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And man, I feel you. I feel you on that because it was almost like they wanted to break the formula, but ultimately they couldn't break the main ingredient, which is the connection to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is the main primary ingredient for all these films. So, Yes, it broke the formula, but it also stuck with the most primary part of that formula. And I agree. I would have been very happy if this was a one-off. If this was, let's tell the story of these characters. Let's just essentially show the origin of the Earth, of the MCU. This was the lore of the movie. This was the lore of the MCU. Lore. Lore of the MCU. You know what I mean? Like, to see the creation Mm -hmm. of kind of like how humans came to be. To see, you know, if you just really want to get really dig deep into how the world works in the MCU, like this was it. And I would have been content with that because it made it extra special, in my opinion, rather than having these characters return later. Because you would know that they only showed for this one film. If I want to see these characters again, or I want to recapture a little bit of that feeling again, I have Mm -hmm. to go see and rewatch this movie. Um... So if this if this was self-contained, I think the score's a little bit higher. I think they perform a little bit better 
because they were obviously reaching for some artistic liberties here. I think we got like the first official real love scene in the MCU. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was like, oh shit, they they going for it in here, man. On like the rocks. On, the rocks. <laughs> on the rocks, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess, you know, the the village hut was taken or whatever, man, you know, so <laughs> Oh, oh man! Shit. The ropes. <laughs> oh shit! So you know they did it on the rocks. There were also some, you know, there's some some mature themes, mass mm-hmm. weapons of mass destruction being created by Fastos. Mm-hmm. You know the sense of grief and the sense of, uh, you know, disaster when it comes to how humans interact with each other. So they were reaching. They were going for thematic themes i would say they're in their snyder bag a little bit here you know what i'm saying to try to put all uh, these philosophical questions in a film and you know but, what brother but go ahead and i know what you're about to say i'm gonna say diet snyder continue diet snyder yep I, I i agree with you on that they were a little bit of a diet snyder in the case of this film so let's get into um you know, I, I, I think a, a funny thing here with, uh, let's get with the main character who actually turned out to be Gemma Chan as Cersei. Mm-hmm. Because for her in the lead role, I think it was a very, it was pretty vanilla. It was serviceable. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she'd had too much to do in terms of uh, character progression because she was kind of meh. You could tell that she wasn't all for... Uh, the plan to destroy. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen it, yet, the plan to basically let Earth go to go to waste for the birth of a celestial to create more life. But she also was, uh, <laughs> you know, not totally for defending it either. So I, I got to say, man, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Um, was uh, Kit Kit Harrington who was um, Jon Snow? Jon Snow, man. Jon Snow got cucked in this. Yo. Dog. <laughs> Did you see that? I mean, it's obvious he got cucked in this joint, yo. My man, my man. Like, so when when me and my wife went to see it on Veterans Day, uh huh, we ended up going to a theater like maybe a little bit further away, and we were the only two people in the movie theater. So mm-hmm. my wife and I were able to sit in the theater and talk to each other like we were sitting in our living room or whatever. Nice. And as I'm sitting there watching this movie, dog, like I'm, I'm really just thinking here. So he's the boyfriend and she's been around for however many thousands of years. So mm-hmm. how many guys has she been with that? She just hit with the same line that she hit him with dog. Like what really makes him more special mm. than every other dude that she's been with since she broke up with Icarus, however many years ago. Yep. Dude, like, spot let's on just, with that shit, dude. Let's just think about that for a second. Let's just really think about that for, for a hot minute here, right? The answer mm-hmm. to that question is nothing. There's nothing that makes... Um, up, up until we got that reveal at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. there was nothing, and she didn't even know it, you know what I mean? But there was nothing nope. that made him more special than any other guy since she broke up with Homeboy, since he went on sabbatical or whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The scene where the introduction between these two, he puts his hand out and says, hey, I'm Dane. 
And my man kind of just looks at him like, like, you know what I mean? This is what you've been doing right here, shorty? Like, mm. like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just flew over here. I just flew over here and shot beams out of my eyes. And you know what I mean? This is, this is what's been keeping, this is what's been keeping my spot warm for the last, mm. you know what I mean? Like, we doing this? Oh. <laughs> Shit, dude. Hey, for real. You yeah. I, mean? I hey, feel bad like, for him, man. I feel bad for him, really. Right? Like, all my man wanted was, he just wanted a definitive answer of, like, hey, is this a relationship or is this just relations? My man mm. couldn't even get an answer to that question. Couldn't. He couldn't even get an answer to that, well, dog. Well, you know what? He did. He did. He did it by, by you know, indirectly. He got his answer. Oh, yeah, he definitely yep. got his answer. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Like, you know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here, dog. Like, that kind of, yeah, we're on the same page there. I'm not even going to play around or beat around the bush on that. Like, she was kind of stringing my man along a little bit there. Like, there wasn't really the answer when he asked the question of, why why did you guys not stop Thanos or any other whatever the fuck, right? The answer that was given wasn't even like a direct answer in my opinion, but we'll get to that in a minute here. Please keep cooking, brother. What else we got on the table here for the Eternals? Uh okay, so well, you know what? I'm going to continue about the relationships because mm-hmm. we got Icarus, man. Icarus mm-hmm. aka MCU Superman. Okay. So when he came in the picture with homegirl, uh, Cersei, you know, you know, we find out that he's been married with her 10,000 years. They've been hitting it. You know, homeboy, Jon Snow can't compare. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, you need to just throw in the towel. Throw the <laughs> damn towel. That's how I really felt. Throw the damn towel. Pack move on with your life. Pack it up. Pack it up. You, from the moment he saw her make eye contact with him, he's like, yeah, that, that shit ain't over. He's, yep. you, you know what I mean? Like. You you're gonna get Jade Smith like in it's like a ten years, bro. <laughs> it's a rap. It's a rap, brother. Like <laughs> rap. There was somebody. There was a guy just like you one hundred years ago. Right, right. And um, so that you know that was a little love. It wasn't really a love triangle, but that was a supposed love triangle. Um, and then we surprisingly got uh, another two characters. We have Druid, Druig, and then we had Makari. Who was basically the Flash, um, yep. and then and then we had the third one, which was I got a problem with it because we had Angelina Jolie as Thena, mm-hmm. and then we had I'm gonna fucking butcher his name, but I'm sorry, uh, Ma Ma Don Siok as okay. Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. So we got this guy protecting this Eternal who could go crazy at a moment, at any moment and kill him, kill yeah. everybody. Literally saying, "I'll protect you. We're gonna go. We're gonna go live out in the desert somewhere." And yeah, all that, right? Uh huh. My man's couldn't get one kiss. Hey, 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 hey. My hey, man's hey, couldn't hey. get one. I mean, not on the lip, not on the cheek, not on hold the sh- like nothing. Hold up, hold up. So I, I kind of said, I said the exact same thing. I knew he was gonna die. We all yeah. knew he was gonna die. I mean, he was really the most likable character. Yep. He was the most likable out of all of the principal cast of the Eternals. Uh, the character 
the actress who plays Makari is also on The Walking Dead. I don't know. Yeah, if you I remember it. I noticed that. That was the first thing that hit me. Like, yeah, that's homegirl from Walking Dead. And, and, and like, you know, as a deaf actress, I'm going to keep it real with you. On The Walking Dead, she's probably one of the most interesting characters. There's an episode that aired in the first half of season 11 that centers around her in a house with, anyways, that's the... <laughs> with the Walking Dead season 11. <laughs> Connie is the name of her character. She's probably right. one of the most interesting characters on the show. I'm glad that she got some pub in this in this movie here. But anyways, continuing on to Gilgamesh. I knew he was going to die because he was too honorable. Mm. He was too honorable. He was too much different from everybody else he was his purpose was to serve whether it was to serve you know their higher power or to serve humanity or to just serve his friends he was too honorable he was in the friend zone from jump dog yeah they, man he was the kiss, he really was the, the the kiss on the cheek was never gonna happen it should have happened it should have happened but at the same time this is the same guy that was pissing in the beer that he was serving to his best friends that he's been friends with for 3,000 years. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it balances out a little bit. He was Prince Charming, but he was never going to get that moment that he deserved. You know what I'm saying? But by default, by him being the most likable principal, eternal and getting killed off, it made the character of Athena the second most likable character by default. So, you know, he served his purpose. I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed his yeah. run. I knew he wasn't going to make it, but he definitely kind of served his purpose in making those type of characters seem like real people. Right, right. He was very, like you said, he was very honorable very serving and he had a lot of heart you could tell he was the, he was the one with a lot of heart and you could tell mm -hmm. he was always good natured towards his friends a good natured towards people and uh you know and in the end i enjoyed his run it didn't make his death seem like damn like i don't want this guy to go you know what i mean like there's other characters i would rather see go than him but you know speaking of uh angelina jolie as thena you know i mean i think marvel got their money's worth man she she had the the her Angelina Jolie voguing sultry looks with the with the spear and shield and the the uh, the choreography with that and you know the presence of an ancient warrior who kind of goes into like a relapse of PTSD or whatever where she just forgets who she is and attacks everybody like right. I thought Angelina Jolie did a very great job in this you know in the, for an MCU look, film in, in a look. like a kind of like a major return for her. Look, dog, I'm going to keep it real. To me, uh -huh. in my book, she was the MVP of that whole movie. Mm. She was the MVP of the entire movie. Uh, that's, that's all. I could kind of expand on that, but I really don't want to do that for the sake of brevity. But I do think she was the MVP of the movie. The credibility of the Eternals would not have really been there if that character wasn't there to kind of rein it in and make them look like they're lethal and give right. them that air 
of seriousness that just not anybody can be a part of this thing that they're a part of. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's credit to her as an actress as well, kind of giving that performance because, I mean, in comparison to, let's say, X-Men Apocalypse, right? Not even X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is okay. a contender, which is a, a solid contender for top five worst superhero movies ever made. Oh, yeah. Nobody in that movie looked like they even wanted to be filmed. You know what I'm saying? That was yeah. the contra- contractual obligation equals X-Men Dark Phoenix. Nobody in that movie looked like they wanted to be there. You contrast that with what she did in this movie. Yeah, there might not have been much that she was given to really work with, but she was the one that had the most believability out of all of the Eternals after my man ended up dying. You know what I'm mm, saying? Yep. And that's important. That goes a very long way in the way that we're going to look at this movie, maybe, you know, a couple months from now, a year from now, however long from now. MVP of the movie, hands down. Yeah, man. I, I, I really enjoyed her character a lot, and it felt like they didn't put uh you know too much screen time on it they could have added more but i think um what they did was was just enough to to bring that level of quality to the film and her performance and that's literally why you hired her you you got her in the mcu for that exact reason and it wasn't like it was a chore to her it looked like she she brought she did her best with that role and you know she went above and beyond in my opinion mm-hmm. what she had to do cuz all she she you know she you could tell if she she could have phoned it in you know what I mean? She could have got the Marvel check, phoned it in, and called it a day. But you could definitely tell she put some effort into this to this role and yep. her, I guess, her quote unquote first superhero uh, film. You know what yep. I mean? So, I agree. Um, I I really liked uh, another character I enjoyed was um, Kingo, played by Kumal Nanjini, the the Indian uh, Eternal. Well, well, Uh-oh. well. Well, okay, go ahead, brother. Go ahead, All right. Man. I I mean, I understand. He was the most MCU formula character in, in okay. The scene. Fair you know enough. I mean? Fair um, enough. I think when the movie was at a, a like a slower pace, I understand he did have a lot of jokes. You know, he was pretty much like the Tony Stark of the crew. Um, but I think in the slower parts, he kind of helped maintain. Uh, a level of like entertainment because everyone kind of had like a monotone voice. A lot of the characters didn't have too much emotion. You know, I mean, they're not really emotional characters, at least at the point of the film that he was around. But I mean, I'll be honest, man. I just fuck with the special beam cannon, bro. I, I, <laughs> I <fuck with laughs> we just gotta jump. He's gotta jump right to it, bro. We just gotta fuck, you know, I just fuck with the special beam cannon, man. I want him to charge when he charged that shit up, man. I'm like, oh my, he gonna teleport like Pickle who dash away three <laughs> seconds and then, oh, I want him to say it, dude. I, I'll just be honest. That, that his beam right. power was dope. I, I fucking, I dug that. That was cool. So, Initially, I didn't like that guy at all, dog. I didn't like him at all because uh-huh. in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you've been around for thousands of years. You know what I'm saying? You did all, you could have done anything you wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just my brain working in a different kind of way. Um, but we're going to get into that part 
a little bit later, towards the end of this review, since we're okay. just talking about the characters here. All but right. the only thing that just kind of struck me is like, my man, of all the things you could have done, like you became you became a Bollywood superstar and established a legacy for yourself because you were fucking bored. You know what I'm saying? At first, yeah. that's kind of the way I was looking at him. I was kind of just looking at him like, all right, man. I mean, you're a cornball, dog. Like, straight up and down. You're a cornball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how I was looking <laughs> at it, bro. I ain't even going to front on it. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> when, when the heat kind of got turned up. Oh, yeah. I was upset apart. at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he went back in the house, man. When the Bro. heat got when the heat got turned up, he was like, I'm going back inside. Oh my god. I was I'm, like, yo, you really gonna do this finale? You really yep. gonna you really gonna jump ship now? I'm going back inside, man. Like <laughs> that that's what he did. He took his ball and he went home, man. You know what I'm saying? Like he went to the park. He went to the park with his friends, yeah, play ball. And then when the other guys from the other high school come to the park to run a game of pickup ball, five on five. He took his ball and said, the street lights is on. I got to go home and study for the test on Wednesday morning. Wait a minute. It's only Saturday. Well, you know, I want to get a head start on studying because Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, hey, I got to get that 100%. Like, he went home. At the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, bro, they should have, like, there should have been consequences for him going back in the house. There should have oh, been. Oh yeah, and and another character too, but we'll we'll get to yeah. that later. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yep. But there there should have been consequences for him showing a lack of character in that moment of walking away from his friends that he's been with since he fucking could breathe air, basically. Like I didn't like that. I didn't like how easily they re-accepted him. Character wise, yeah, he was entertaining, but once we get past the jokes. And, you know, the arms and the shoulders kind of popping out of the vest and, you know, his assistant that really kind of carried him through and made him likable. Nah, bro, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, rain on the parade of that character, but nah, like, bro, you, you know what I mean? You, you bought Suda, bro. You, you bought Suda. I can't take you serious. Like, okay, how is he going to stand next to Thor? What is Thor like? How do you stand next to Thor? How do you do that? What was Make, his name? Uh, I, I had to even look it up on the IMDb. What was his name? Uh, King, Kingo. Kingo. Like, like, bro. What is what is he gonna what is he gonna say to Thor? What is he uh, gonna I, say? I can put you in my movie. Yeah, we do thunder and lightning movie together. What, what, is, what is what is what is how do you put that character next to Drax? Even though, yes, on the power scale, whatever, fuck all of that. Credibility-wise, like, how do you put him next to any of these other guys or any of these other characters that really kind of kind of, got to it, bro, that was outside, that was really outside, to mm-hmm. borrow a term that I see on Twitter just about every day of the week when he went back inside and then came back outside after the after it stopped raining or whatever, when it became a little bit easier for him to come outside, like nah, mm. dog, you out of there, you cooked. Next, on to the <laughs> next. One. Sorry, 
Yeah, man, I, I can't argue with that, dude. I was disappointed when he, uh, and it and it wasn't even. I'll just fucking go into it, man. It was uncharacteristic because I got some, and I got something for him a little later on. But continue a little later on. All right, all right. We'll we'll, we'll come back to him later on. Then we'll come back. It, to him later it on. was uncharacteristic. Yes, it was unbefitting, unbecoming of someone of his stature that was meant mm-hmm. to be portrayed as the first character in the MCU of. Indian slash Hindu descent to be behaving that way, but continue, brother. Yeah, man. Um, let's see other characters here. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. Um, I didn't think Selma Hayek didn't do too much in the role. Uh, and I, I don't think it's partly her part, but I think the character itself was pretty much, you know, okay. You're the team captain, and you're supposed to lead the team to victory. That's about it. And I take orders from your, your commander. Uh, so, I really didn't have too much. I didn't really have too much about her that really stood out for Selma Hayek as so a superhero. The, she was the flight chief, right? She was the right. flight chief. She was the flight chief that comes in on Friday morning. No, my bad, my bad. Sunday morning, because we worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. She was the flight chief that came in Sunday morning to tell us, hey, you know, Y'all got a training day tomorrow morning and, and one day off on Tuesday. And then you're working Wednesday and Thursday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ops, Ops just came in and told just us, came. hey, Ops just came in and told us that y'all ain't going to get your days off this week. Hey, I'll see y'all tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's essentially. And our... <laughs> Her, uh, what was her? I guess her, um, the LT was Icarus, right? <laughs> the LT was Icarus who put her on the chopping block in the end because he was scared. He was scared. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this about Icarus. Uh-huh. I knew, and I mean, it wasn't really a surprise. Like, somebody in that crew. And we're skipping around because there's two more. There's one more character, two more that we got to address after Icarus. But what I'm going to say about Richard Madden, a.k.a. Rob Stark, (laughs) um, what I'm going to say about Richard Madden in that part, I think he actually played that part pretty well because you didn't like him to begin with. The introduction to that character was under the pretenses of, man, fuck this guy. He really just he really just disrespected my man right here in front of his woman mm-hmm. because he knew that he couldn't do nothing to him. Instead of humbling himself and giving him that hard, uncomfortable eye contact handshake, he didn't even grace him with that. He didn't even lower himself to the level of shaking hands with a human being. So my reaction when I first seen him was, yo, fuck this guy right here. I don't like this motherfucker right here, man. Like, so what? Like, so what? So what if he was willing to lower and humble himself to be with old girl, but he only did that because she was an eternal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so when he, when, when the turn was revealed that he was the guy that was basically snitching or, or, you know, the one that really wanted to stick to the plan, I was okay with that because I didn't like him to begin with. Right, right. I think the portrayal of that character was exactly what it needed to be. I didn't like him 
because I was not supposed to like him. You mm. know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a difference there, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I think that character was just enough of an asshole, just enough of the guy that you wouldn't like in real life to be an engaging kind of character to where, you know, I was entertained and my attention was kept enough during the scenes where he was doing what I had to do because the conflict that he was going to felt real. It didn't feel like it was forced or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, he was a blue falcon, man. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was totally a blue falcon, man. He did not want to face that 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 briefing would have been too much for him from the commander. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like from uh, so um, I liked I liked I mean I liked him in the sense that um, you know he the powers and um, and just I liked that I didn't quite like him. I guess just like yep. we were saying, I liked that yep. this was not a good guy. And mm-hmm. I like that. I, I, I like that about the, the portrayal by Richard Madden was spot on with it. You know what I mean? It was really spot on um, with the way he, just the way he talked and acted and viewed people and his actions going forth. Um, the heel turn, I, I got to admit, I was a little, I didn't exactly see that coming. I, I got to admit, I was like, oh, oh, so. Nah, I was actually thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, is he. I got I got sucked into the okay he's supposed to be the golden boy but he doesn't have the confidence to lead. I thought oh, that's okay. what they were kind of going with that like oh she didn't leave you in charge because you have a flaw or you know whatever. I thought he had some problems where eventually maybe in the end he was going he was going to take the team to get the get the W to overcome whatever the inner turmoil he had. But so the heel turn was actually like oh okay I actually didn't see that coming but it made a lot of sense once um. Once it was revealed. So you didn't see him as an arrogant son of a bitch. You didn't see that. I did see him as an arrogant son of a bitch, but I did see, I did feel like he had, he was arrogant, but he also was flawed. Like some, some kind right. of internal weakness that he had. Right. That he couldn't, and, he couldn't lead. And I think his internal weakness was that he was in love with old girl. I think that was what his weakness was. Like, yeah. I get the vibe from that character that once whatever relationship the two of them had ended, I get the vibe that he wasn't with anyone else. You know what I'm saying? I get the vibe that he went however many years after they broke up kind of on his own, isolated, because his arrogance and the way he viewed himself would not allow him to be with a human being. You know what I'm saying? Mm, True, true. That was the vibe that I kind of got. But yes, Icarus was not a bad character at all. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I I do think it was a little bit too on the nose that Icarus flew too close to the sun. And then the end of the movie, he flies into the sun. Yeah. But whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Literature, whatever you want to call it. But we got two more characters to address here. Okay. All right. We got, um, I'll go with, um, we'll do Sprite next by, uh, we'll do Sprite. So Sprite was, um, you know, kind of playing the, the young child character. That's annoying in any video game or any movie. She was the annoying little kid that had to go on with the mission with the, with the team. Cortana. Um, uh yeah i i guess yeah yeah like 
I don't know, man. She was not very... I mean, it's intentional, too. It's not a character you want to see too much of. I mean, I thought the young actress did, you know, her job perfectly of being, like, the annoying younger one of the of the of the group and i'll be honest with you man the whole character arc was pretty much we're gonna really oversimplify her character arc she just wanted some d man <laughs> that's all it was dude oh man well, if we, if we're gonna cut through the bullshit she just wanted the d dude well i was gonna say importance i was gonna say she wanted some importance mm-hmm. but i mean cortana was always in love with um Spartan or what was what's my man's name from Halo? What's his name? Uh, Chief, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cortana was always in love with Master Spartan with Master Chief, you know, the, the fairy on um uh Navi. Navi? Uh yeah, Legend yeah. Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> like she always wanted some attention from Link, right. you know. It is what it is. I'm going to say she wanted to be more important than what she really was and was dealing with not being important every mm-hmm. day. I wish I would have liked to have seen like there, the scene where she kind of changes her appearance from an adult woman back into a child. I would have liked to have seen that kind of get more explored. I would have liked to have seen more of that Give us that feeling of her feeling as though she wasn't important, as opposed to just being the one that nobody listens to. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. You know, like, like, just sidebar here. Like, I'm the youngest out of four. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen that character express feelings of feeling as though she was looked over just because she's the smallest one. Because later on, it just kind of felt like we got one scene, one line of dialogue between her and another character, and then all of a sudden, heel turn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess, this, I guess this is important because we've gotten two scenes establishing that, but we didn't get to see her like ask if she could drive the spaceship, and somebody saying, "No, you're too small to drive the spaceship," or you know, mm-hmm. them them drinking champagne. And somebody taking a glass from her, like, nah, you're too young to drink champagne. Like, even if it would have been corny, it would have at least given us more insight into that character's motivation as to why they wanted to be more important, as opposed to, I'm just attracted to Icarus, and because he wants to do this, I want to do this with him. You know? Right, (laughs) right. Yep. And then also the fact, you know, near the end, she got... She got a wish. She could get grow old. And because um, who the fuck would do that though? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Though being an eternal child must not be worth it. You know, to, then I'd rather die of old age and a human than be a, a a child with powers. I guess because she never went to school, so now going to school is is such a hassle. Even though, like, you've been around 1,000, however many thousands of years, and throughout all these years, you never went to school. Okay. <laughs> but because now you're a human, you, you're going to school because you have to. Even though you're probably smart enough to, like, I don't know, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? Earn a living? Yeah. You're, you're probably smarter, like, 
you get what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, I, I'm picking up what you put down, like, man. That 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 doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You're going to school because you think that's what human children, quote unquote, have to do. But you're smarter than what a human child would be. So therefore, you could figure out a way to really get to the bag and be. You know I mean, you could fucking cure cancer if you wanted to. All right, digress. We're gonna yeah. get to that later on. Continue, bro. <laughs> Back to the characters. Holy right, shit, man! We got we got two more. Uh, no, three more actually. Shit, I mean, I did not I did not want this to be an hour long review, but whatever, dog. <laughs> fuck it, dude. There's there's there's, there's, there's so many characters. Oh, fuck it, man. So, mm-hmm. um, did we want? Did you want to establish anything more with uh, Macari with uh, Lauren Ridloff? Who I mean, Walking Dead. I mean, she was probably like the coolest character out of all of them. They didn't really do much with her outside of establishing that, you know, she's fast and she likes to collect things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she was charming on screen and uh, she definitely, she made, she made the low screen time that she had. She, she, she soaked it up. And whenever we saw her, it it was a treat. I agree with that. I mean, I wish that there was more to really say there. But there wasn't a whole lot that they really did as far as, like, depth and background. But that's okay because, you know what I mean? She killing it on The Walking Dead, bro. She's yeah. killing it. Killing it as one, of, <laughs> as one of three black characters that are still on that main show right now. So, And yeah. she's going to get more roles after this for damn sure, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, next up, we'll go with uh, Druig. We'll go with the mind control Professor Xavier of the that crew. Motherfucker. Okay. So, first things first. Go right? ahead, man. First things first. So they have their they have their breakup in. I'm assuming that it's Mexico, modern day Mexico. It looked like they were there with the Aztecs or the Mayans or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, like South America or Central America, yeah. So my man is conflicted and decides, fuck this. I'm not standing for this. They're going to do what I want them to do. We're going to break up, right? Mm-hmm. They break up, and he's in the Amazon in South America. Now, the people who were there at that mission that he was setting up, they were under mind control at some point, right? Right. The people who were there might not have been like directly under his control, but it's assumed that he's been there for a long time and that even if the people who were there aren't under his control, at some point, somebody there was under his control. Mm-hmm. This is just what I'm gathering from that. I'm meant to believe that. I'm not sure. Like, that's what was presented, right? Yeah, no, I mean, you spot on with that. That So so I just kind of wanted to address something here, man. Like, if he's been there in that Amazon setting up this mission for however long he's been doing this, what was stopping him from, you know, kind of intervening in other situations that were affecting (laughs) other people who might have been affected by some very bad things that happened throughout human history. 
he was so upset that the Spaniards were attacking the Incans or the, the Aztecs or he was so upset that you decided to go to the Amazon forest and to do a little single mission. And essentially, let's be honest, you played God with about 20 people. Okay. For thousands about of years. About That's 20 it. people that turned into 40, that turned into 80, that turned into 160, that eventually became an entire section of South America, right? Yeah. So when, when the band broke up, when the NWO split up from NWO Wolfpack and NWO Red and Black and Black and White and all of this, what mm -hmm. was stopping him from kind of intervening in other situations that affected other people? throughout human history. Not a damn thing. Moving on to the next character. <laughs> Mo moving on. Moving on. Because we're going to get to that a little bit later. Oh, moving man. Moving on. Fuck that guy and his fucking bowl cut. Moving on. <laughs> oh, shit. So we got the last one. We got Fastos, man, with uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got this is the intellectual eternal. He's the he's basically the architect, technological engineer who puts the thoughts in our mind or influences humanity to make technology like the wheel and eventually into the atomic bomb. Okay. Just, so, yeah. so first things first, Brian Tyree Henry is a fucking great actor, dog. He's on a show. More people need to be watching this show, dog. ATL. Oh my! Yep. You watch that joint, dog? I, I, I'm behind, man. I never watched it before, dude. Oh, oh my goodness! Hey, hey, D, listen to me, man. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna have to see season one at least. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Atlanta is fire, bro. Like the cast of that show is the cast of that show for one. We got Childish Gambino, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got Donald Glover, Brian Tyree Henry, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats and Lakeith Stanf Stanfield, nominated mm -hmm. for two Academy Awards. Arguably, you know what I'm saying, really one of them, like, really in his bag right now. Lakeith Stanfield is, like, probably one of the best 10 actors on Earth right now. Like, oh, yeah. My man, dog, you got to watch Atlanta, man. I know, oh, man. I, I got all the shame right now, brother. You got to watch Atlanta. Like, that is one of the <laughs> funniest. Like, that's the closest thing that we have in this current era to the boondocks. Atlanta is the closest TV series that we have to the boondocks right now. I just seen a promo for season three on YouTube like three days ago, dog. Oh, man. I can't. I cannot sing enough praises for Atlanta. Um, <laughs> random sidebar. Like when you was in Minot, do you remember Kells, the barber? Kells. Yeah, Kells. He used to have a barber shop. He used to cut hair on base and then opened up a shop, like in downtown Minot, bro. Ah, uh, Kells. The sound sounds so familiar. I just need to put put a face to the picture, man. Okay. One of the funniest episodes of Atlanta is in season two where the character that Brian Tyree Henry portrays is at the barbershop trying to get a haircut. And, like, 
Oh my goodness, dog! Please watch Atlanta. That's all I got to say. But it, <laughs> that was a little side tangent. I'm sorry, but like yeah, that's man. one of the best. That's one of the best shows on TV. Um, there's another episode. Oh my! To be continued on that. We're gonna talk about Atlanta, dog. We'll have to revisit it, that. You, whenever you get around to watching that show, we're gonna devote a segment to that TV show because they really get into some shit in addition to making you laugh. But anyways. Moving on to that character and his portrayal of that character. My apologies, dog. Here you go, man. <clears throat> so, what was the name of the character again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Fastos. Fastos. Okay. So, the only real thing that I kind of got to say about that is mm -hmm. so he was the engineer of the crew. He was the one with the intellect and everything like that. Yeah. The only thing that I'm not understanding is okay. Yes. Hiroshima was a terrible kind of event in human history, but it would have been nice to have seen the actual role that he played in that. It would have been yeah. nice to see his role in human engineering as opposed to him just showing the schematics for some of these things it would have been nice to see him talking to people and interacting with people and seeing how his intentions for things that were supposed to be good for humanity ended up going bad for humanity you know what i'm saying it would have been okay to see that because we all know what happened in hiroshima or we should all know that right Right. Just seeing him and, and, and Cersei at the site of where it happened, that doesn't really add any depth to what happened in real life. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that it trivializes the actual events that took place, but it just feels like that was a scene that was tacked on in there because we were meant to believe okay they've been around for a long time so it stands to reason that one of them would have been involved with the development of the atomic bomb and world war ii happened and then because world war ii happened the atomic bomb got dropped on hiroshima like to me there's no real depth to any of that you know what i'm saying that's mm. just a scene it's it's only a scene in a movie there's nothing else to it besides that. And then we move on from that. Like, no, like, we can't just put that in a movie and then move on from it. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. was, a, like, that's a serious moment in human history right there. If we're going to imply that one of these fictional characters were involved in this heavy, heavy, serious, dramatic moment in human history, we need more background as to how this character affected that. You know what I mean? Right. It needs the gravitas. Absolutely. Like, I'm not gonna we, we gotta make that more dramatic. We we yeah. gotta make that we gotta make that much more dramatic because that happened in the nineteen forties, correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm gonna take a sip of my drink real quick. <laughs> okay, so the nineteen forties. We're meant to believe that a, a, I don't know, extraterrestrial being taking the form of a black man who is clearly American 
directly influenced the United States government in the development of an atomic bomb, which is one of the most devastating weapons in human history, right? Right. But in the 1940s, how did people who look like that character get treated in the United States? Yep. And I, I saw I saw a meme about that questioning too. So, <laughs> on the internet. Yep. So exactly what part did he play in the development of that situation? I would have liked to have seen more from that to explain why he felt so guilty in that situation. Yes. Yeah. Did he feel guilty because of the human casualties, because they were meant to protect everyone there? Possibly. But he was taking direct blame for the development of the atomic bomb. But if you were a black man in the... All right, my bad, dog. My bro, bad, brother. Well, well, shit, how do you feel about the invention of the gun? Or, you know, orange aid or, you know... Poisonous, you know, lethal gas or shit, viruses like or or the Tuskegee or, experiment. Right? See, these are the kind of Small, questions. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, and the fucked up part about it is that these are the kind of questions that you leave the movie asking that you shouldn't be asking leaving the movie. You should have right. just been able to watch this movie and say, "Hey, this was another superhero movie," right? Mm-hmm. But because they tried to expand the net of making you look at the bigger picture and all of this and possibly do a deconstruction of the MCU, I'm leaving this movie asking questions that they didn't want me to ask, but they put it in front of me and teased me with it. But it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, man, listen, dog, let's cut the games here. Let's let's cut the games, dog. Let's Go for just- it, man. Let's just get right to it. Let's just get right to it, dog. Like, when I was watching this movie, I didn't like any of the Eternals. I didn't like any of them. The only ones that I really found likable were Gilgamesh and Thena because it felt like the chemistry between those two characters felt like a genuine friendship. He cared for her because he seen that she was mentally going through a situation. Right. She felt as though this mission that we're on is bullshit. The only character in this movie that I really kind of was rooting for was the deviant that became self-aware. I wanted him to win so badly. I wanted yeah. him like and and my bad dog, before we chop that up, why the fuck was I meant to believe that deviants were actual threat? I've seen Throughout this 10-year enterprise, brother, my bad, dog. Go ahead, man. Keep cooking, man. I I did not. Like, bro, there's a pay-per-view fight on tonight, man. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to. Anyways, dog. (laughs) 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 Like, like, bro. Okay. I've seen Iron Man fly into space and shoot nukes off to destroy an army of alien invaders. Right? Right. Right. I've seen Thor open up a star with his bare hands and create a weapon. Mm-hmm. I've seen King T'Challa, right? <laughs> I've seen King T'Challa chase down Iron Man 
and Winter Soldier running faster than the fastest fucking sports car in a chase scene in Civil War that still doesn't get enough hype. That they mm-hmm. tried to recreate, that was so good that they tried to recreate it in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen Star-Lord in one of, in, in an underrated moment like that. I, I still to this day haven't rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for whatever reason I haven't rewatched it. I've seen mm-hmm. that moment where he turned down being a god because somebody did his mom dirty, right? I've seen Ooh, this happen. Right, I've seen right. this happen. I've seen Iron Man with the Infinity Gauntlet in his hand snap his finger for half of the MCU to come back to life, right? Right. I've seen Kang the Conqueror in one of the most gangster moments in this whole enterprise. Come on, dog. Keep cooking, man. Keep cooking, bro. I've seen Kane the Conqueror in one of the most gangster moments in this whole enterprise tell these motherfuckers, don't do that. Right? <laughs> don't do that. Do not do this. Please don't do this because it's only going to get worse for you if you do this. I'll see you, you know soon. I mean? I'll see you soon. Boom. Right? right. I've, seen, I've seen Thanos look Thor in his eyes and tell my man, you should have went for the head. Mm. Right? Yes. We've had 10 years. We've, I, Bro, I've seen <laughs> Captain America tell the Red Skull, I don't know. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Mm. <laughs> bro. <laughs> I, I've seen all of these moments, dog. 10 yeah. years. 10 years of hero-defining moments, right? Mm. Why do I care about a deviant? Like, like why do I care about a deviant? Oh, deviants, because this is just, we're just going to apply a name to a threat that is meant to be on par with everything else, bro. Deviant? What the fuck? What? Creatures that kill you? Okay. Okay, like what would Thor do with a deviant? Thor would have smacked one of the motherfuckers with a hammer, got on his back, and yep. and, and 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 traveled around the globe with that motherfucker. Oh, this is a deviant. Oh, I have a deviant as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a deviant. I have a deviant as a pet. Oh, you know these oh. turtles. The these turtles couldn't hold down a deviant like Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm saying G, gosh, I'm saying dude. I'm saying G1 Hulk. Avengers one Hulk uh-huh. would have said puny deviant. Yep. And and stomped a mud hole in that motherfucker 316 style, dog. Captain Marvel would have uppercut one to the space. Oh my come on, bro. Like like Ant Man would have squished that shit like a damn bug, man. What are we talking okay. about here? So so deviant, because you know, because the um uh, my bad. The Celestial created the Deviants, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, to see them struggling with these Deviants, and then, you know, you go back to Infinity War, and they in Wakanda arming up. You see, mm. T'Challa, you see, my, you see T'Challa in full gallop. You see Captain America with no shield and no helmet and full sprint getting yep. busy. Get, get out of here with that, bro. Like, Deviants? Yep. Okay, whatever. But the the deviant that became self aware is the character that I ended up rooting for in this movie. 
I really was rooting for that character in this movie. And he got jobbed. Yeah, he did. And his motivation was still weird because he became self-aware. He knew it was a game. He knew, like, hey, this mission is fucked. We're created (laughs) basically for nothing. You're created basically for nothing. And we're doing this for nothing that we do is for self-gain. It's for someone else, right? So why the fuck are we fighting? We talking about Man, and I thought he was going to join the Eternals and help stop the shit because that ultimately leads to his destruction as well, you know, because he's self-conscious now. But he, for whatever reason, continued his mission to destroy the Eternals, which, I don't know, man, didn't add up to me. Not at all. Made no sense. None. So, I don't know, man. The, uh, like the, the designs are okay, but if we're being real, they look like some leftover creature designs in Final Fantasy. <laughs> or, or even even Westworld. Like I was getting Westworld vibes. Though. Yeah, yeah, Westworld. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true, man. I mean, uh, like they just like you like you said like you didn't care. Like okay, we're supposed to care about what the eleven characters uh, in a two or three hour movie. They're facing some enemies that we don't care about, and a storyline that it's not connected, and you're trying to give us to care about it. And it's, you know, it's kind of a, it has some intriguing hook to it, but like you said, in the end, who do we actually want to root for? Because a lot of the Eternals are not likable, and the villains we don't care about, and they're faced with the existential question of, is humanity worth saving? And And the answer, the answer is no! (laughs) No! Like, that's oh. what the answer is. Though. By the, the way, it was it was it was it was save our planet, but you cost the lives of billions of others because they create galaxies. So, yeah, it's like yeah, you 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 saved the humans, but you 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 killed future life in the process. Like, bro, fuck the humans, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Cause okay, and then one I don't I don't remember which character said it, but when they said it, it was like shut the fuck up, man. Which character was it that was like, well, you know, uh, 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 their their flaws make them unique. Who said that shit? Oh man, I it was a who said that shit? Their flaws made them unique. Was it Cersei? The main. I think it was the main character. I think. What does that mean? I don't under. I mean, look, um, Vision had a similar line. In Age of Ultron, when Ultron said, you know, you know, they are doomed and Ultron or Vision kind of said, well, you know, the beauty in things is that they don't last forever, whatever. OK, but yeah. so is this meant to imply that? OK, is this meant to imply that in, in any given time they would have been capable of doing things to save humanity? Because. The third act is something I want to address. Because it sounds like we're shitting on this movie. We're going to get into the positives yeah, after yeah. we address some of the elephants in the room here. Mm, excuse me. So, towards the end of the movie here, the third act, am I meant to... We were meant to believe that the Eternals were not allowed to intervene in human medicine. They were not allowed to intervene in stopping wars and stopping some of the atrocities 
that have taken place in human history because of what reason? Population, right? The plan is that I, I guess the higher the population, the more you can feed the celestial at the core of the earth. Alright, go ahead, man. Keep cooking. Okay, so as I was saying here, the third act kind of reveals that through dialogue that you know, um, the character of my bad. I keep fucking up these names. What was what was uh Brian Tyree Henry his character's name? Fastos. Fastos. He wasn't allowed to make um to intervene in like human medicine and and all of these things here, right? He wasn't allowed to do that apparently. Right, right. But he can make a bomb. But if he did it, it would have aided the creation of the celestial yeah i mean <laughs> so I mean, you're so, not lying <laughs> so you know if he would have if he would have developed the cure for cancer and aids and figured out a way to make food and water and air cleaner that would have benefited their mission a lot more than him kind of creating the blueprints to an atomic bomb, right? Right, right. Okay, so um, Druig, the fuckboy with the bowl cut, if he would have intervened to stop certain events, such as, oh, I don't know, slavery, colonization of North America, South America, <laughs> the Caribbean, <laughs> well, I don't know. He could he could have made a couple of visits to Africa. Who knows, right? If if he would have intervened in some of these things, wouldn't a higher population on Earth have contributed to this celestial being able to spawn a lot quicker than he attempted? Yep. <laughs> if, if 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 this if this character again, I don't remember his name. My man, that was the Bollywood superstar. What was his name again? Kingo. Kingo. Yeah, Kingo. Okay, how many people currently? If I'm not mistaken, the country of India is one of the highest populated countries on Earth, right? Right, right. Like over a billion people live on that single continent. You know what I'm saying? On my bad, excuse me. I said continent. I meant to say country. Country, country. Because yeah. India is a part of the continent of Asia, but over a billion people live in India, correct? I think so. Yeah, very populated. So if this fucking guy didn't have the balls to come outside and do what he needed to do to stand up for humanity against this celestial, why was he not doing more things? to aid and help over a billion people that live in this country of India. You know, his movies entertain people to maybe popular. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's out of there, dog. He's out of I, there, man. <laughs> he's out of there. He's done. He's done. 
He's done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, he's, he's, get him out of here, bro. He's he's Dude. okay. He's out of there. I'm sorry. But yeah. If if the plan all along was for the Eternals to be there to keep the human population kind of like, you know, appetizing for the celestial, wouldn't they be doing more to ensure that humanity doesn't fuck itself over the way that we are currently? You know, the, oh. maybe they had the wrong mission statement. Oh, okay. So the orders... So 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 their orders got cut. So flight chief fucked up then, right? That's what that is. Flight chief, so, yeah, she fucked up. Yeah. Like the more and, and and this is the thing here, right? When a movie is made with the intention on us kind of having these big picture broad ideas and looking at this through a different lens, when we're not answering these questions directly, but we're giving the viewer a reason to think about these things. You're kind of working both ends against each other and making it hard for what we're seeing to be entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's because it, it, we only got to, because by that point, we got to play it one of two ways. We have to play it one of two ways. We got to go the superhero route of not taking it too seriously and making it a good movie in spite of the source material or we're just trying to be too smart for our own good and eventually running into a brick wall by not being able to answer the questions that we want the viewer to ask. And in the end of it, we're not making any of the characters likable. So what what are we, like, what are we, what are we talking about right now? At least in Watchmen at the minimum, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the minimum at least in Watchmen Zack Snyder made it clear that you shouldn't like any of these characters in this movie you shouldn't like Dr. Manhattan because he's so far detached from humanity that he doesn't care what happens mm-hmm. you shouldn't like Ozymandias because he show, he is so obsessed with being the smartest man on earth that he's willing to sacrifice millions of people in order to save earth You shouldn't like the comedian because this is the guy that's going to do anything he has to do for truth, justice, and the American way. (laughs) You you shouldn't like Sally Jupiter, too, because she's just in it for the thrills. And you shouldn't like Night Owl, too, because he doesn't got the balls to step up and do what it is that he wants. Okay, boom. The world is about to end. This is what all of these characters do before the world ends. And this we're going to make this into a two and a half hour movie. Boom. There you go. Right. Right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't like Rorschach, but you do like Rorschach because he's the only guy that has the balls to say the world is ending and I'm not going to save it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason. <laughs> my bad, dog. My bad, brother. My bad. Go ahead, man. Keep cooking, bro. Keep cooking. Nah, you, perfect nah. examples. But, but with this movie here, we're supposed to believe that these are the heroes, even though they're telling us that humanity is completely fucked. They know that humanity is completely fucked, but they're here under the pretenses that they're supposed to save humanity, but they know that they can't save humanity, but... 
Okay. <laughs> there's no clear. There's no clear reason why they want to. It's very shuffled. You know, what I mean, like homeboy. What's his name? Kingo, right? Kingo. He has a very simple reason to save humanity. He likes the attention. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so clear cut and dry. He has his assistant with him. He likes the attention. He likes the bravado of being a Bollywood star. You know what I'm saying? At the very least. You can make it so that these guys have selfish intentions with the humans that, yeah, I'll risk saving them because I benefit greatly from having them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go to the next planet and babysit. I want to stay here and be comfortable. Like, simple explanations like that would have been a lot more helpful rather than just some vague, they're different. Their flaws make them special. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, like, so much gravitas with all the existential questions they're at, they're asking us and they they try to answer in a three hour movie and it's like you can't really do that with the kind of storytelling you know you're going from like what 5000 10000 BC you're going from the Mesopotamia era to in Babylon to current 2021 2022 like yep. you know you're bouncing around so much i understand you know, this would have benefited as a TV series on Disney Plus where you can oh, give man. six man. to seven, nine hours worth of, 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 of explanation. You know, you could you could pace it. So all these questions and we can go really in depth about from point A to point, you know, Z. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that would have been perfect. I agree with you. And now, okay. And the last thing I'm going to say here, like, not, not even the last thing, but just kind of kind of closing this up before... I want to get into the positives of this uh-huh. movie here. What I'm going to say is that it's just funny how I think about this. When we get into talking about, so when they when they get into that moment of So what I was saying, like, it's perfectly fine that we wanted to add a layer of diversity and, you know, all of these things that we want to see in entertainment. It's perfectly fine that they wanted to portray that character as the first openly gay character in the MCU because it's par for the course. They were Mm -hmm. due for something like that. They were due for a openly gay superhero to be in the MCU. It was time for that to happen, right? Right. Whatever. It wasn't going to happen with Cap and Bucky, so, no, yeah. It wasn't, but I'm perfectly fine with that happening within the context of what it is that they're doing with this property. The thing that would have been more interesting to me, aside from them having that in this movie, how does it get addressed? How does he explain to his son and to his husband, that I'm gonna live longer than both of y'all. Mm. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna look and feel exactly the same. I am never gonna age, but you're gonna age. You're gonna get older. You're gonna deal with disease. You're gonna deal with the world that you live on and the world that you live in, possibly ending during your lifetime. I would yeah. have been more. That's more interesting than anything else. That's more interesting than Celestials and all of this other shit. That mm. is more interesting than all of that. 
the conversation of them sitting down and him explaining to them that I've been created to be on your earth to harvest it for another higher being, but I'm going to fight for you. Why was that not in this movie? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean? Man, so, that's a so good hook. I had to take another sip. See, before we talk about going woke and all of this other shit that people on Facebook want to talk about, why was yeah. that not in this movie here? I would have been more interested in seeing that conversation than anything else in this movie. I would have been more interested in the character of Cersei explaining to Dane slash Jon Snow, your planet is doomed. You are doomed. Your entire race is doomed. I've been sent here for a different purpose, but I'm going to attempt to save I'm going to attempt to buy you however much more time I can. But instead, we get an internal conflict between beings that have been around for thousands of years. How did you not know that humanity wasn't doomed? How did you not know? <laughs> <I'm saying? laughs> you motherfuckers waited till 2021 to really band together and like, fuck out of here, dog. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, the the more that I think about it, the more it makes me not like the movie as much as I should. Yeah. But with that being said, it kind of makes some of these strides and some of these things that were meant to have an impact not really have that much of an impact. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You see, you, <laughs> you, 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 you know what I mean? The smaller moments were the bigger moments in this whole well, thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like the the relationships of having you know a ten thousand year old person trying to like Sprite, she can't get accepted for who she was because she's always a kid. You know, mm -hmm. everyone around her, even if she gets adopted parents, whoever they love, they eventually die. Like, there's a whole lot of flavoring and different storytelling you can do with that. You know what I mean? Like, and do it. Cersei could have told uh, Dane that, hey, you're not the first guy since Icarus. You know what I mean? Like. I've had three or four husbands like after Icarus and you'd just be the next one. Like yep. I'm numb, you know, I'm I'm numb to this. How are you different? How are you going to, you know, change it up a bit? You know, like there's a whole lot of things you can do with these guys and these characters, but the and existential you know, question of a higher being controlling you guys to farm for another higher being to be born is, was the right. least interesting part. And, and you know what, you know, who did it better? <laughs> you know who did it better i know you know we we've been you know we've been on his ass for the last year and a half but we gonna give credit where credit's due man motherfucking omni man yep you, must oh yeah I mean, oh yeah 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 omni man i was gonna say Zack snyder as well but yeah no, no. listen listen on an animated tv series we kind of uh, we kind of get into similar territory when omni man mm -hmm. told his son, I love your mother, but I love her the same way that someone loves a pet. Right. Mm -mm. That's all oh. I needed to know right there about Omni-Man. Oh, that's lying. But, and if you really look about it, a man who lived for thousands and thousands of years, yeah, that shit's diminishing returns on you, you know? Like, yeah, you would feel that way. You know, and, and, and I, I hate to keep doing this, and Watchmen, and Watchmen, what did Dr. Manhattan do 
when the woman that he when the first woman that he loved started getting them wrinkles under her eyes and started getting them gray hairs in her head. He what said did he, do? he said deuces. He was out why of there, did, man. And and why did he do it? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when that relationship that he was in started kind of getting a little bit mundane, what did he start doing? What did he start doing? He wasn't giving her his undivided attention like he nope. said he was. No. He duplicated himself <laughs> and, you know, kind of whatever, right? Like, right. <laughs> so, my, like, bro, I really didn't want to talk about this movie for an hour. But, oh, yeah. man, but we in it. Here we are. It's all good. But And I'm not trying to shit on it, but if this was a one-off, I feel a lot better. I do want to get into the positive. Now, All right, go ahead, man. The the things that, and again, it, it it's hard when we kind of get into what we didn't like about the movie and the questions that we had to ask. But for the most part, everybody who was in this movie, you could tell that they were engaged. You could tell that they were performing and carrying out the roles that they were trying to carry out. I don't have any complaints whatsoever about the visuals and all of these things that were presented. This is a great looking movie. Oh yeah, beautifully yeah. shot. Very beautiful, beautifully shot. Beautiful. Cinematography was like top notch, man. The the casting for this movie I think was perfect. I, I, I really think this was perfect casting for the movie. Everybody who was in these parts looked and felt as though these were the characters that they were meant to play. Do you and, agree or disagree with that? I mean, I agree. And for all you hardcore Eternals fans, all 11 of you who say it's not comic accurate, at least you still have the comics. So, Well, I, I mean, on page, what's the difference between the Inhumans and the Eternals? My, oh. <laughs> my ahead, level man. of knowledge about the Eternals, I remember there was one episode of the X-Men where Gambit went back to Louisiana and the Thieves Guild and the Assassins Guild was able to summon an Eternal. That's all I that's all I know about the Eternals. So, all I know is that Jack Kirby created them. That's really it, man. And humans, at least know Black Bolt and Medusa. So I don't know right. shit about them, man. Exactly. So whatever. As far as I know, these are the Eternals for from now until whenever they whatever. Angelina Jolie is always going to be Thena. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. image, the image of Angelina Jolie at the end of the movie in the white long sleeve shirt and the white pants is always going to be Thena, dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and at the toaster, that's always going to be Thena, my man. You know what I mean? So hey, you know, but as far as the way that this movie looked, the cinematography was A1. Every setting, every scene felt as though it was different from anything that I've seen in any other movie within the MCU. It did feel like, at least looking at this movie, that this was meant to be different from everything else that came before it. You know, the storyline points, all of those things, if you're willing to suspend your disbelief and pretend as though you haven't seen any of these other things, that's fine. All well and dandy. But 
if a giant hand is emerging out of the core of the earth, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Avengers who are on Earth ain't finna let that shit slide, dog. No. They, they're not gonna let that slide. The remaining Avengers on Earth seeing a giant hand coming out of the core of the planet are gonna be like, hey, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> Like, what the fuck um, is going on right I, I, now? And I'll be honest with you, that finale was like, ain't no one noticing this shit. There's no one got the radar. No one got the, the distress call. Like, who would have pulled up? <laughs> uh, Banner. You know what I'm saying? Hulk would have pulled up. I mean, shit. Cap Mar- I don't know where Captain Marvel is. Like, Cap, Cap Falcon, Falcon and Bucky would have, yo, they would have showed up, man. Some crisis is like this. Like, this ain't no bomb in no city this is a fucking hand coming out the fucking earth man like literally going into the uh stratosphere like someone's so, showing so, up but wait wait back to the positives though oh, go ahead i know i know we, we ragging on the shit go ahead go ahead no no but i do like that this was presented as more kind of mature subject matter i do like yeah that we did actually get to see the first genuine love scene in the MCU that was meant to look like two adults making love to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, we seen Luke Cage and Jessica Jones on Netflix, but that never happened. That don't count. You know what I mean? My man said, I told you I'd break you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Coffee coffee ain't the same like it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man but like nah they was it, it was going down on them rocks right there you know yeah i, yep. I do like I, I do have an appreciation for that part of it to where this is meant to we're meant to believe that th- this is what happens this is what happens when two people fall in love with each other this is what happens when a man and a woman fall in love with each other this is what happens when uh Two men fall in love with each other. This is what happens. We're right. not shying away from this and pretending as though because this is a superhero movie that physical attraction between two people doesn't happen. I appreciate that. And to a certain degree, it took it did take some degree of them earning credit. It took them building up this entire enterprise for us to get to that point. The mm-hmm. execution of everything else that came with the story was not as good as I think it could have been. You know, last well, in, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Because there's two more things that I think we got to uh, get to here. I, I thought Homegirl, I thought Cersei, when she was in her final moments with Icarus, I'll be honest with you, I was rooting for her, for her ass to turn into stone, water, something, man. Like, <laughs> go away. Oh, like, seriously, I thought she could have just melted him right then and there. Make him turn into flowers. I thought it was going to be, he was going to turn into flowers and, and petals and flow into the air. I thought she was like, you know what? I'm over you. Or some shit like that, but. Right. You know, um, and ho- Homeboy was a bitch, man. He, he didn't want to face some consequences, bro. Nope, nope, <laughs> he did not. not at all. He was shit, and he was already scared as fuck, man. But he was like, I, I cannot be here. I can't, I can't take this. He just. Oh, you know man. what I mean? He went right into the sun, man. I'm like, that's, that's Superman. You know what I mean? Like that that's yeah, Superman that's for you. That's true. That was all star Superman right there flying yep. into the sun. <laughs> um, so 
let's let's just address this here. End of the movie. Dane is trying to reveal whatever the fuck it was. He was he never stood a chance, bro. No, nah, he really didn't. He, he never stood a chance. She, man. He said something uh, special about my family. She 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 could care less. She really man, was just like, bro. All he was gonna say was, you know, I'm I'm the heir to the seven kingdoms, baby. Like I found out, <laughs> I'm I'm the man right here. I am the heir to the seven kingdoms. I am the protector of the realms. You know what I'm saying? Like me, the Black Knight, baby. I know that my meat was bigger than his. Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, listen, uh... I might not be an eternal, but you know, like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Just give me that. At least, at least, <laughs> like, at least let me know that it was comparable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let me know that it was comparable. You know what I'm saying? I might not got the stamina. I might not got the stamina. But it's at least comparable, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, baby, no one can reach me, reach you like me. Come on now. Nah, you want to hear none of that shit, man. But like, so the first post credit scene, the brother of Thanos, all of this bullshit. Uh, couldn't give it a fuck, cool. man. Well, no, it was cool to see Pip. That was cool because yeah. I remember, I remember seeing Pip. On the uh, on the Silver Surfer animated series. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. He was on that shit. Yeah, Pip Pip is cool. Pip and Drax were were pretty cool. But who gives a fuck about Star Fox? Who cares? Yeah, man, that's just a seventies. Uh, you know, I'm expecting him and Star Lord to team up at some point. No, but, man, yeah. no, no, bro. Like Star Lord wants nothing to do. There's only one Star Fox, dog, and his last name is McCloud. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> There's only one Star Fox, dog. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get all the way the fuck up out of here with that. That was disappointing to me because I mean, if you're really in tune with comic books, if I'm not mistaken, She-Hulk fell in love with Star Fox, right? Yeah, he's got some. Yeah, man, he's a product of his time. He got a superpower where you can fall in love with him, basically. And he was okay. Now, I know that She-Hulk is able to break the fourth wall. I know that. Was Star Fox able to do that? I know, man, but he was basically a cheesy-ass Captain Kirk with powers, if I'm being honest with you. Like, no. on just just on, on, a, on an appearance, man. Like, no one, like you said, when no one gives a fuck, he never played a big role. He was literally just like, oh, he's in the team, or oh, he's there. Thanos' brother. All right, cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Get, get him the fuck out of here. Cool. But the 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 cut scene that really mattered was yes. there was only one scene that really mattered. Now, what is the origin of Kit Harrington's character and Dane? Who is the Black Knight? You know, I think it's the Black Knight is basically uh he gets I think I don't know too much about him. I think the sword comes from what the the old Excalibur King Arthur days and it's just like a mantle passed on. The most right. I've seen the character, he fought Black Panther and Black Panther whooped his ass. Took <laughs> took his sword and used his sword for a few uh like for a year or two. 
And um, that's really about it. That's all I know about Black Knight, man. So is his character? So that's who his character is supposed to be. That's actually the name of his character. Yeah, it's supposed to be the Black Knight. Yeah. Okay. Now let's just let's just cut right to it. That was Blade, dog. It was. Blade. Oh yeah, that was Blade. Yep. It was no doubt it was about Blade. it. And 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 I was excited about that. I was I I, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I threw my hands into the air, dog. My wife was sitting right next to me. I don't even remember what he said to my man. He opened up that sword case. The noise started. The sword, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And like, and I heard, I heard Marciano Ali say whatever he said, and I was like, "Motherfucking Blade!" <laughs> I know. At an, at an Eternals post-credit scene, what? Yeah. Uh, totally unexpected, man. That was awesome. That literally so, was like made the movie for me. Like seeing so, that shit. So the question that I'm gonna ask here is when, when the best part of a movie is after you sit through the credits, and it has nothing to do with the prior two hours and thirty plus minutes that you've seen. Does it make what you saw actually worth? Get, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what it means is that we get to see Kit Harrington with a sword and possibly armor again. For t- <laughs> <laughs> we get to see, we get, yep. to see the, we get to see him playing that kind of character again, the reluctant hero again, next to one of the best actors currently walking on this earth in in Blade. Does it make the Eternals worth it? Or do we just kind of treat that as DLC for something that's going to come later on? Oh, man. Again, like, there's a fine line between fan service and poor execution. Like, what if that was Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? What if that was his voice that you heard instead of of Blade's voice? Like, you see what I'm saying? That could have been anybody. That really, you could have literally plugged in any character into that moment. You could have put Doctor Strange. Yep. You could have put Charles Xavier. You could have put Magneto. You could have put Wolverine. That moment would have got the same reaction out of you, regardless who of whoever you put in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. But what does any of that have to do with the movie that we just watched? Yeah, Blade has nothing to like. That was that was a surprise because it was like you're not expecting Blade to show up in an Eternal like cosmic. Yeah, you expected some kind of cosmic character, but the fact that you have Blade and people forget that the character is actually British in the comics, um, and they were in London, or whatever. So I mean that adds up, but I mean it's like it's like they almost know like we're gonna give you a character you really truly care about at some point in this film. <laughs> we're gonna give you a character that's gonna get you excited, and that's and what they did. Even, and we ain't even gonna let you see his face, mm, bro. Nope. <laughs> like so, so I'm in the car. I'm in the car on the way home. Uh-huh. And my wife, my wife is asking me like, "What do vampires got to do with Eternals and Celestials?" My only answer is, "Well, you know, they got the rights to Blade now." Yep. <laughs> Uh, so what does that tell you if you really don't want to see the that answered? Like you just want to like just move on to Blade. I'm more excited to see the Blade, you know, movie than Eternals 2. Like, you know, like 
You, it it's not supposed to happen where you have a post credit scene. You're not supposed to be excited for a sequel of no. the movie. That's and, not supposed to happen. And I'm not. And I'm not. And and you know we we talked about this before. Like I I mean, what would Zack Snyder have done with the Eternals? This is another subtopic, right? Here. Oh, what would man. he have done with the Eternals? He would have had Icarus. He would have had Icarus standing on top of the Empire State Building, looking at. Looking at looking at human beings murdering each other, and he just would have been looking at. It. You know yep. what I'm saying? He would, <laughs> <laughs> he would have had, uh, yo, yo, he would have had my fucking uh, Druid. He would have had Druid being like the Pope. Druid oh. would have been the Pope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Word. Druid oh, man. Druid would have been the Pope, and Sprite would have been the president of the United States. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And Cersei would have been like, you know what I mean? Like, for real, bro. If the comedian... Not my bad, dog. My bad. See, I don't want to get in the fantasy book in the Eternals here. I don't want to do that. But I think he just points out that Zack Snyder did it better with Watchmen, man. Like, literally. Like, the whole, the whole is humanity worth saving. He did it with harder source material, he did it with characters that we're not supposed to like, but we actually cared about, and uh, you know, like he just did a better job of presenting that kind of mature storytelling than I'm I'm sorry than what this movie presented. I mean, it's a great effort by the MCU. It I would have been a fan, it would have been a fantastic one off. The fact that we have to see these characters again diminishes what we experienced. The fact yep. that we were more excited about Blade. Hell, I mean, I honestly, I'll be, I'll be, I'm more excited to see Black Knight. You know what I mean? Show up in the suit, get his Word. armor suit, try Word. to show home girl, hey, missing something here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm like room for him. <laughs> oh yeah, and one last thing, my bad, brother, my bad. Go ahead, go ahead, man. One last thing I want to kind of address here. One of my favorite characters in Marvel Comics is the Silver Surfer. Mm. I have no slander for the Silver Surfer. The backstory. Of Norm Rad becoming a herald to Galactus to save the planet of Zenla, Silver Surfer Requiem, where he dies, all of that. Mm. Right? But in a way, the Eternals were a herald for a celestial, the same way that the Silver Surfer is a herald for Galactus, right? Oh, uh, shit, right? The Silver Surfer goes to planets to pick them out for Galactus to consume so that he can continue to live. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that Celestial that was coming out of Earth looked like Galactus, bro. I'm not sure if it was Galactus. I don't think so. I mean, it the, head shape, the head shape kind of looked like a little bit like it. I know that it wasn't, but it looked like Galactus. But, I mean... <laughs> Okay, I get it. The The Silver Surfer is not an eternal, quote-unquote, right? Right. But by definition, an eternal is a being that is created by a celestial. Galactus is a celestial who created the Silver Surfer. So after watching yeah. the Eternals, what is there left to do with the Silver Surfer? If and whenever we see that character. Um, well, shit. Uh, make him likable. Oh, okay. 
That's, that's it. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Make them likable. I mean, just basically retell the story with the, someone you're actually cheering for or whatever, you know? Oh, um, okay. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the fact that they didn't allude to Galactus or mention the name of Galactus, I don't know, man, but... Everyone thought Galactus was, uh, what's his name? Arson, uh, whatever, the, the damn, the, their boss, commander. Yeah, I, I don't Arson remember. Arson or whatever. Uh, well, it wasn't. And I mean, what are we doing here, man? Yeah. Was it me or was it funny when he yoked their asses out of Earth, man? Was it, was, that was, that was kind of funny to me when he nah, literally was, said, he said, bring your ass here. That was, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was funny, bro. That was, uh, what was, <laughs> What was what was the what was the uh, call sign for the squadron commander on the net, bro? Was it sheriff? That was I think it was sheriff. Yeah, sheriff. Hey, bro, tell me, like you remember back in the day? You know, what I mean, you'd be on post or whatever. You hear control for the LE desk, all posts and patrols, all posts and patrols. Sheriff is now in the area. Remember to render all military customs, customs and services, and customs and courtesies. <laughs> Control out. Man, listen, you heard that. You went to looking around thinking, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, sir. Sir. Sir, Senior Airman Jackson. Sir, Staff Sergeant Jackson reports his order. Whiskey 8, all secure and ready. Do you require a pulse brief? <laughs> you know what it was also like? It was like getting your ass called by flight chief to go back to squadron. And they wouldn't tell you why you're getting called back. Yeah, man. So, oh man. But, but I mean, as far as getting into the cosmic shit, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy doing that more, man. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, man. But it really felt like that was Galactus, even if it wasn't. It damn sure looked a lot like Galactus. So, whenever the next Celestial pops up, looking I, exactly. Mm. Looking exactly the same as that celestial. Yes, it's gonna be Galactus. Six and a half, seven out of ten. It was not a home run. The Eternals are on first base, waiting for Spider-Man to get them to home plate. Oh same. man, Sp- Spidey's gonna be a grand slam. I-, I agree with you, man. I had it a seven. I'll put this as a six point five. A little bit of a points knocked off, just because. Just talking about it, the more you talk yep. about it, it's just. You can't ignore those kind of questions, you know, being asked in a three-hour movie. If this was a one-off, I think I would look at it in a higher light or in a different light. But this this, this has to be, I think this is the, because when I went to the theater, I think Rotten Tomatoes had it at like 47%. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So I don't know. I like that they stepped out of bounds to try to do something here. Whenever the Eternals 2 comes out, I'm probably going to be in my mid-30s. I more than likely will not be watching the second Eternals. I probably won't. You know what I'm saying? That's because I won't have time. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to be a dad by the time. (laughs) I'm probably going to be a dad by the time the second Eternals comes out. So I'm probably not going to get to see that second movie. But if this was a one-off, I would view it in a different light, kind of the same way that I view like a WandaVision as a one-off. Right. You know, because we talked about this before. 
when something is established as the only, the first and only time you're going to see it, more effort goes into it as opposed to knowing, hey, you know, let's just get on first base. And then the second time we're up in rotation, we're really going to swing for the fences. You know what I'm saying? Shang-Chi was a double, a ground rule double that didn't quite get the distance of being a home run. This was a ground ball single. And, you know, it is what it is. Six and a half, seven out of ten. I don't know when I'm going to watch this movie again, but this is something that I needed to see. So I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I came away from it with more questions than I think I should have came away from it, but this is still better than movies like Glass that came out in 2018 or, you know what I mean, Jonah Hex, Blade, Trinity. There's a lot of movies that this is better than, but this was presented as something that was meant to be more than what it actually was. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. 6.5, I, I won't be watching this whole thing again. I'll watch some clips on YouTube, be honest with you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm more excited about Hawkeye. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm more excited about Hawkeye. So, for all you listeners out there, let us know what you thought about Eternals. Did you like it? Did you dig it? Or did you hate it? Let us know in the comment section below. And with that, we're out. Peace. Yeah. Listen, man, I don't hate this movie. I don't. Uh I don't hate this movie the same way that I didn't hate Wonder Woman 1984. But if Wonder Woman 1984 was a six and a half, seven out of ten, this is definitely in that same boat. Suicide, the Suicide Squad on par, on balance, was a better ensemble superhero casted movie than the Eternals. It was. It was more it was more entertaining. There was more characters who were relatable. And that's that. Straight like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I mean, I think I had that as a nine out of ten, the Suicide Squad. It's just this, man. It just like I like we said before, if if it was a Disney Plus series, I think we'd have had a lot more room to breathe. Um I'm not sure they would have got the cast that they would have because it was a Disney Plus series, but yeah. you know, what I mean, like it definitely needs some time to breathe, man. There's so much going on, so many layers to this thing. I bet I don't even want to know what the fucking rough cut was like. You know, what I mean, like how many was this? This probably would have been a four or five hour film. You know, what I mean, if they didn't cut anything, like on some well, serious shit, man. Like, well, the other thing I'm gonna say here is that. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> oh man, like 2021, man. I, like this is all a result of the victory lap. You can't yeah. tell me that in 2008, when John Favreau sat down and directed Iron Man, that you know, 13 years later, the plan was to sit down and make a movie about the Eternals. They made this movie because they could. Yeah. Because they could. Because they had the artistic, the financial, and the public kind of approval to make this kind of movie. You know, 
they went out on a limb with making this movie, but they were also playing with house money. So it felt a lot safer than what it probably could have and should have been mm. in a different in a different era. Let's just hypothetically say, right. Let's say that this is a movie that came out in 2008, 2007, 2009, mm. right? Before right. The, before this era of Marvel Studios getting all of their toys back, right? Mm. Let's just hypothesize what this movie would have looked like if a New Line Cinema or a Universal Studios or even a Warner Brothers, dare I say, had the rights to the Eternals, or a 20th century Fox had the right to an Eternals. Right? Mm. How different would this have looked if this was under a different umbrella? If this came out in a different era? Let's just say, let's just hypothetically say that Sony had the rights to this movie and put it out the same year that the X-Men came out 21 years ago. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's just say that we got a rated R version of the Eternals that came out before this era of everything that Marvel Studios puts out as a guaranteed box office return. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) There was no no safety net when Spawn came out in the late 1990s. Nope. There was no safety net when the Watchmen came out in 2009. So, under different circumstances, this is a completely different movie that we're talking about here. For what they got in the final product, I give them credit for what they accomplished because nobody cared about the Eternals, dog. Like, a movie like The Eternals doesn't come out without 10 years of built-in credit. Like, Marvel Studios' credit is over 750 right now, dog. Yeah, man. This is a hard sell. And it's different than Guardians because I know everyone said, well, no one knew about Guardians. Well, it still followed the Marvel formula and it still had characters that they knew people were going to like and enjoy. And this it, was and them. Was, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, Guardians was a damn good movie, dog. Like, and that was a great, great movie. You know, great movie, great, great franchises, and great characters. Yep. So, you know, under different circumstances, what would this look like if they actually had to put more effort into it? You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a question that I think will forever be lingering over this movie here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. And I think that this is kind of that moment where I'm not going to say I don't think Marvel Studios can be scared. I don't think there's anything that can be done to knock them off course to what the goal is that they're looking to accomplish. What I'm going to say is that I hope that some of the people who have been smart enough to navigate this ship to the point where they got it to where they can make a movie like the Eternals, sit back, take notes, and reevaluate what it is that needs to be done to accomplish that goal. Because a victory lap is okay after you've won the Daytona 500. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. This, this was definitely, I mean, you, you think about it, 
this Black Widow, Shang-Chi, these are all Victory Lab projects. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The bag was already secured. Spider-Man No Way Home is basically going to be their all-star slugger coming up to bat yep. to drive all the runs in. You know what yep. I mean? Yep, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, fuck it, bro. I don't watch NASCAR. I've never watched NASCAR. But the guy that wins the Daytona 500 probably only drinks milk after he's won the Daytona 500. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't busting out. Like, a better example is, you know what I mean? When the Yankees win the World Series, they in the dugout popping champagne and all that. But they don't do that after they win every regular season game. Right. Let's, let's, let's save the celebration for after we've accomplished the mission, the same way we saved it for after um, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But this is that moment where some things need to be reevaluated and if we are going to see the Eternals again, the next time we see them, it can't be like this. It can't. I can't walk away from it not liking any of the characters. I can't do that, dog. Mm. Yep. But, and this is the last time you'll see the Marvel formula broken. That's, this I is agree. It. I hope y'all enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I, well, you know what? I think that with Disney Plus... Cause I'm not gonna have the time to watch everything on Disney Plus, bro. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch Hawkeye because Hawkeye, and you know, I'm gonna have some time off during Christmas. I'm taking a vacation and all that. I'll probably watch it then. I'm not gonna watch Moon Knight. I'm not. I'm just okay. not gonna be able to. I'm just. I'm just not gonna be able to watch it when that's hot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna have the time to really be able to sit down with that. I don't know anything about Echo. She-Hulk, I'm interested in She-Hulk, definitely interested in She-Hulk, but I don't know if I can get my wife to sit down and watch She-Hulk with me, dog. I don't think I can pull that off. Oh, man. I mean, I don't think it's going to be too much strawberry syrup on that cheesecake, but (laughs) this is definitely Marvel's attempt of having a vegan cheesecake, I guess. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that because... Universal Studios is still eating off of that, right? I I, I think so. Are they, are they only eating off Bruiser Banner? I think anything Hulk related, I think they might be That's eating okay. off. Man, you know what? Perfectly fine. I will probably watch She-Hulk, but I don't know if I can sit down and watch that with my wife the same way that we watch WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. I don't think I can really get that off with all. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> but, you know. All right. 2021, November of 2021. We got the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie that I forgot was being released. I seen a trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife in 2019 when I went to see the sequel to Jumanji, and I forgot this movie was coming out. Uh, This movie was released this week, right? Yep, this week. So I'm not going to lie to you, brother. I had the lowest of expectations for this. 
my initial <laughs> question was like, why is this being made? You know, we got we got a we got another cameo from a, a character or an actor from the movie Stranger Things. We got Paul Rudd. This is a recipe where we're going the grounded and realistic route. This is a recipe for box office dread here. After mm. the 2016 Ghostbusters movie that not too many people went to see. Quickest right. review of this movie here, my guy. You went to see this last night. What were your thoughts on it, man? All right. Thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife. I am a big-time Ghostbusters fan ever since I was a kid. Saw the real-life, saw the real Ghostbusters cartoon, watched two movies, watched Extreme Ghostbusters, had the Proton Pack, the whole nine yards, got the 360 game, Ghostbusters, the video game, which was actually the third movie that was actually a script but turned into the video game. So now, saw the 2016 one, didn't want to remember that one. So here we are, 2021 with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I can probably say that this was basically a course correction for the fans. You know what I mean? This was the movie that the fans wanted, and they delivered on it. They took elements from Stranger Things. They took elements from a more grounded, realistic, well, not realistic, a more grounded, simplistic, simplistic approach. They took the Ghostbusters out of the city. They took the setting out, put it to the countryside, middle of nowhere. We got a character called Phoebe, who's Egon's granddaughter, who <laughs> discovered... <laughs> yeah. Is that who, a plot twist, or was that uh, up front? No, nah, it was up front. It's in the trailer. It's in, okay. you, you can tell in the trailer. It's Egon's granddaughter, and uh, you know they her family moves to the middle of nowhere because her mom is basically sort of a bum, and can't keep up finances. So the only thing they have left is Egon's old home that he moved to. And it's basically kind of like a haunted mansion, haunted house type joint. And um, basically, in there, the end, they give you the moment that we wanted. They gave you the original cast of the Ghostbusters coming back to help save the day in full uniform. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson in full uniform with the proton packs, helping out the rest defeat the main uh, bad guy of the, of the film. In addition to that, they did a move that was very, very iffy. Okay? They did a move that was very iffy that could have been in bad taste. But they pulled it off. They pulled it out their ass. They actually did a CGI ghost rendition Oh, man. They did. Oh, man. They did. They did a ghost rendition of Harold Remus in uniform, and it it looked it looked good. I got it. How did Uh, Huh? Okay, it looked good, right? It looked good. How did it feel? How did it it felt? It felt honest. It felt sincere. The story was building on basically the legacy of Egon and his granddaughter being kind of the awkward weird child and finding out her legacy and finding out what her grandfather did and why he was protecting others in this isolated farm area in the countryside. I respect that, man. Like, I, I, I respect that. So, upon, okay, upon seeing that, you said it felt honest, right? Felt honest. And I, and I think what helped was that they had the son of the original director direct this. And not only that, his father, the father and son were on set like every day 
You know what I mean? <laughs> so they literally okay. went. This is one of those rare moments, I guess, in, in this current era of cinema where they went the corporate route in 2016. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. They said, let's scale it back. Let's make something genuine. And let's see if we can. Let's course correct this. Make the fans, the hardcore happy. Try to pull in anybody new. And then we'll go from there. Okay. And that's exactly what this film accomplishes for the Ghostbusters fans. We got, we got the grandfather, granddaughter, uh, proton, proton uh, stream blast, like the father-son Kamehameha wave. Where uh, Man, this, the spirit, the spirit Egon was holding his granddaughter steady as she was aiming the stream yo. at the villain, yo, like, yo, uh, pulling on the feels, man. But it was, it was, it was yeah. sincere, man. Like, it was yeah. sincere, dude. It was heavy, man. It was heavy. That's some heavy, yeah. That's some heavy shit right there. So, because the one thing that I think, like the original Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters 2 never tapped into that. There was never anything. It was entertaining. It was smart. It was comical. But it never tugged on those kind of strings right there. No, you know I mean? it never felt personal. Right, oh, right. And they, never and felt personal. Was, and you're saying that they executed this perfectly in this, in this movie right here. They did. Um. I'm astonished. Like, I knew there was a good. Ah, I'm like, I was ninety percent sure the originals are gonna come back, right? Mm -hmm. At some point yeah, during course. this movie, of course, they're gonna at least they're at least gonna cameo. You know, the bonus for them to put them in the suit and put them in action, mm -hmm. but to see them carry out the spirit of Egon and the CGI effect, it looked so real. He didn't, you know, there was no word said, just all facial expressions. <laughs> Oh man! man. Yeah. And, and you see the original three with him right there beside them. Oh my! And they gave you the shot. They gave you the clear shot of like, yeah, they're they're back. You know what I'm saying? Like that's heavy, bro. Yeah, dude. That's, yeah. That, oh. that's that yeah. is heavy right there, and it's fucked up, you know, because I don't know. Do you think that enough people will be going to see this movie for that? to actually get across the way that it was meant to get across. Um man, I don't know about the box office draw for this film because the mm -hmm. timing of it and um you know the delays and the fact that the Ghostbusters property is it is on shaky grounds, you know, I'm not going to mm -hmm. lie, it is on shaky grounds. Um I don't think I think they they leave of course room for, for the future of the franchise. Um, <laughs> that's the industry standard. Yeah, that's it's. it's the, that's the I'll, I'll talk standard. about it in a second, man. But you know, to be honest with you, I don't think it's gonna be. You know, it's the pandemic era. I don't think it has the draw to really beat like Shawn Chi numbers or Eternals numbers or anything mm -hmm. like that. I think. Uh, I think they'll break even with this, and then I think they'll go into streaming or something else um, later mm -hmm. on. Um, because I think this is one of those moments where this was really for the fans. This was honestly for the hardcore who wanted to see a continuation of the storyline from the first mm -hmm. two films. So and genuine they, fan service. This was genuine fan service. Um, they built it up. They rewarded you. They literally put as many references in there as they can. 
um the musical cues the score <laughs> the uniforms uh little trinkets we got a fucking jk simmons cameo in this bitch um mm. You know, we got the return of the the gatekeeper and keymaster, but (laughs) return, Uh, but not the original actors. But we got the creatures to come back and and possess other people to fulfill that role. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, wait! Did they get Rick? Did they get Rick Moranis? That no, Rick Moranis was 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 missing. They didn't get Rick Moranis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they got everybody else but Rick Moranis. You know, he's still in that oh, retirement. Man. It would have been All nice. Right. It would have been nice to get Lewis Tully in there, man. But man. nah, they couldn't. Okay. They couldn't get him out. All right. All right. I dig it, man. I dig it. But so overall, with like, cause, see, because I'm not gonna front, man. When I seen the trailer for that, I was like, nah, this ain't this ain't it right here. This looks mm-hmm. a little bit. This looks a little bit too. This looks a little bit too catered towards, because I mean, Ghostbusters was an adult themed kind of PG thirteen movie, man. Right, but, right, right. But they did this for the people who were fans of Ghostbusters. I respect mm-hmm. that because they weren't. It sounds like they weren't really chasing that box office return the same way. Because I didn't see the one in twenty sixteen. I didn't see that. One. Okay. Yeah, I can't for good reason. I can't judge whether or not that was a good movie or a bad movie. I can't judge it that way. But what I'm gonna say is that regardless of anything I felt towards it, I don't think that that was. I don't. I don't feel like. Okay, how do I word this? I don't think that it was original. When you have a cast. When you just have a remake of Ghostbusters with three white women, women, and one black woman, it just kind of looks like a new coat of paint on what was mm-hmm. there from 35 years prior. You're yeah. not really adding anything to it outside of making the original cast women. You know what I'm saying? You're and not just, too far from it. It, it, really, it really was. Um, and, and I don't want to be negative when I say that. I'm not yeah. trying to be negative or anti anything when I say that, but you're not you're not providing a fresh look on that property outside of that right there. You know what I'm saying? Three three white guys and one black guy swapped out for three white women and one black woman doesn't really do a whole lot to update that property. You know what I'm saying? Especially right. if if I imagine that when that movie came out there are a lot of references and visual cues to the original Ghostbusters movie. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm sure there are, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I, I I commented to you, I texted you that this was like The Force Awakens if they did it right. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. This is like The Force, because there's a lot of similar beats. You know, we got the return of uh, Gozer. There was, there was lore from the first movie we talked about, Eivor Shandor, who was the mad creator of all the statues and the creatures and shit. And he had a mine, mine, uh, Shandor mines. It was referenced in the first movie. They mm-hmm. took those references and made that a plot point for this new one. So what happened in New York city was basically just one section of that guy's architecture. And he had a whole nother 
architecture somewhere else in the country, which is where this new movie takes place. So J.K. Simmons cameoed as Evo Shandor uh, in a coffin, basically. Uh, it was so random, but I was like, is that fucking J.K. Simmons? And I'm like, it was J.K. Simmons in that shit. Um, that's cool. All of, it like, is cool. Yeah. cool. Like that that's that's fine, man. But whatever, man. I mean, I'll probably catch it. I'm gonna I met like what studio put this out? Was it Universal? No, nah, Sony, man. Sony. Oh, Sony. Okay. So yeah. this this might pop up on Netflix in, in a couple months, possibly. Uh, possibly. I would say this is definitely a a recommend, highly recommended for the Ghostbuster fans out Mm -hmm. there. For your average, you know, movie for a moviegoer, a non fan, this was a it was a solid, uh, family adventure kind of film, kind of young adult film. Um, I it was definitely serviceable in that regard, but I think you're really gonna have to be a Ghostbuster head to really get that the most mileage out of this and you got to see the original if you didn't see the 1984 one or at least the second movie it's not gonna as it's, it's really not gonna connect with you in a way that it should i mean you will root for the main character because she's sort of underdog and it's great that you know girls get uh an example of a of a nerdy kind of scientific young girl that wants to apply into science rather than the typical stuff that they present so I mean, it's like you said, instead of swapping it out for the, like a direct swap, we got a young, we got a teenage white boy, um, a teenage black girl, we got a young white girl and a young Asian boy as like your main four, you know what I mean? And Paul Rudd kind of being like, uh, I was expecting him to get in the suit at one point, but he actually oh. played the key master, which was, oh, which wow. was cool. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it, bro. <laughs> he didn't deserve it, he, man. He got he got possessed, man, which was cool. And, and you know, with that idea, um, mm-hmm. they 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 rectify some things because we we talked about before how that that key master and gatekeeper was some shady business yes, in the first in <laughs> fil- some filthy business in the first movie, right? Where nasty work, <laughs> nasty, nasty work. Uh, we're totally yeah. He you know he. Uh, he got on the scoreboard with that. Um, but in this one, they made it so Paul Rudd's character was at least romantically linked with the gatekeeper before they got possessed. So it was like, oh, okay, okay, well, they were going to do it anyway, but now that they're possessed, it's like, okay, so. So nobody got violated. Nobody got violated, nah. Well, that, that's, that's, that's very, very good. Very good, man. So overall, how you calling it, bro? How you calling uh, it? Go afterlife. I'm gonna call this uh, for the for the fan for the hardcore fan. This is gonna be a nine out of ten for the average mm-hmm. movie goer. I'm gonna say a non fan seven seven out of ten for okay. your average person looking for you know just kind of like a because it takes about an hour to get for them to actually bust a ghost. They take their time to develop it, and uh, the action sequences were good. The special effects look good. Um, no, no complaints on that. The acting was decent. It looked like it was a heartfelt, genuine, let's try to get in here. Let's try to deliver a film that'll make the fans happy. And then from there, uh, go from there. So, and I mean, I'll, for those who like the 2016 version, who feel kind of upset about this new one, you know, par for the core, core, man. Like, I I know it sucks, but you know, that's kind of part of being the fandom man shit gets retconned all the time shit yep. you know 
did that happens and it's like this doesn't count and yep. that's just and one of those be, scenarios and, and, and i mean don't be don't be salty when you know in 2026 or 2027 they do it again with men in black so yeah know. yeah I mean, I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I always maintain to this day, brother, to this day, I will always maintain that Ghostbusters should have never had a sequel in Ghostbusters 2 and that Men in Black should have never had a sequel in the Men in Black 2. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will always hold that. Even though you just gave a good review of this movie right here, there's always more that I think can be done with the lore of a property and that you only do it one time. You know what I'm saying? We talked about Halloween, and I'm ne- I will probably never watch another Halloween movie again, dog. I have no You're desire. Like, <laughs> like, bro, bro, my, my senior year in high school, 2009, remember Friday the 13th? Yeah, I remember that, joint. I haven't seen that. Oh man, dude! Like, and you know what? I'll give the film its credit because Ghostbusters Afterlife could have attempted mm-hmm. to be a comedy. There is some comedy in there, uh-huh. but it's not a comedy film. And 2016 was played more like a comedy. With this, they played more of a straightforward uh, drama, or you know, family drama, you know, young young adult drama, and. It's easier to do a young adult. They knew the climate. It's easier to do a young adult drama and it being okay than to aim for the stars with a comedy and then yep. none of it hits. I see. I, I agree. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's easier to do that than to try to try to shoot for a mark mm-hmm. that you can't reach. Right. Then, yep, I, I agree with that. I, I understand what you're saying. So, right. This is one that I'm going to watch. I'm going to work my way around to eventually seeing that. I, I respect it, man, but I don't know, bro. Like, there's still a part of me that, that, that just would like to know or like to think that certain things can be preserved where they are and all of that. Do I think that with the current model of the way that movies are, do I think that a sequel to this movie is going to come out in a couple of years where Paul Rudd comes back as the key master and all that. No, it's not going to happen. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. But, you know, I'm. it's good that they got one on the scoreboard and that they appreciated the lore of Ghostbusters. And I'm sure that that moment with Egon was some heavy shit right there. I'm, I'm sure that was some heavy shit. And they that, that, was, that was the price of the ticket right there. Yeah. And they, I'm sure that they handled it in a way that was definitely worth, again, worth the admission of the ticket there. Kind of similar to the moment that, that we talked about at the end of the mini Saints of Newark in a lot of ways. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, kind of similar. Yeah. So, yeah, bro, you know. Any, any other thoughts you got on, on Ghostbusters? Uh, Ghostbusters Half-Life. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about the post-credit scene. Um, okay. Oh shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, we we find out that um, Ernie Hudson, well, Winston actually became a successful businessman after the Ghostbusters venture, and uh, he's kind of like a, a company tycoon, mm-hmm. and uh, they they make him Nick Fury. You know what I mean? He he buys the old location. He fixes up the Ectomobile, and he says, uh, you know, we're going to be open for business again. 
and uh, they show the old trap in the old lighthouse, if like a light's flashing red, signaling that I think all oh, the ghosts in that container is about to release or some shit like that. But basically, they showcase that yeah, the Ghostbusters are going to be coming back in the future, and and Winston is going to be funding them and recruiting them essentially. So they Winston became director Fury of the Ghostbusters. So, so what you're saying is that Sigourney Weaver is going to be in this next movie, right? No, she cameoed. She cameoed in the first post credit scene. <laughs> she she cameoed in the credits. Uh, they two did post credit scenes. There was two. Yeah, everyone left for the 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 very end one with Ernie Hudson, but I knew that there was going to be another one. So, but she was in the first one. She did. They did a play of the first movie where uh, Vankman shocked students all the male students who fucked up on reading the cards and he would always have the female uh girls he was hitting on guess them correctly or whatever so they did that bit again with um bill murray and sigourney weaver with a little you know just a little cute you know fan service moment with those two just to get her in the film uh at some point so that's respectful i respect that yeah, man. Uh, 9 out of 10 for the ghost heads. 7 out of 10 for the average moviegoer. Um, we'll see if they're going to do streaming next or it's Sony. They're going to they're gonna definitely do something with this at some point uh, continuing on. For the ghost heads, you got, you, literally this is it. You know, if, even if they reboot it again and said we're going to do the original again with four new this is, this is the one. This was literally your send off. So whatever happens after this we sh- everyone should be content. Because we got the ending that everyone wanted, essentially, with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, make a put it down. Everybody know me. When I'm in your town, the utmost respect they show me Yeah, they know the language, but they know the greatest I'm beating the best and made you call them overrated Have a knee to the chest, heard they call me flamboyant I see your moves coming, like I'm clairvoyant I love the fans roaring, it gets me through my day I take a flight to Kinshasa, they yelling boom, I yeah You hear the crowd pop for the king of strong style I'ma be on top for a long while Hear me yelling, yo, well, I'm here to let you know Big Chris, stiff kicks, I'm incredible.